we're not going to yard sign our way into victory. In order to get young people to turn out, you have to invest in youth organizing and not just two months before an election, but all the time. The work that we're doing right now is going to impact elections two years from now and five years from now and 10 years from now. Young people will take action whenever they know that they can make a difference. I'm Kate Kelly. And I'm Jamia Wilson. And this is Ordinary Equality. This is something central to a woman's life, to her dignity. It's a decision that she must make for herself. From Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina, dedicated women marched. Abortion is fast becoming the new political fault line. Alabama's governor has signed the nation's strictest abortion ban into law. The Human Life Protection Act outlaws the procedure except when the mother's life is at risk. This bill is not about pro-life or the right to life. This bill is about control. We will not go back. And we, the people of the United States of America, documented or undocumented, are having abortions, legal or not. This court will never stop us. Kate, we've been dealing with so much bad news on this season of our show, which is why we're paying so much attention to this one little primary election in the middle of the summer in Kansas. Yes. So let me set the scene a bit. In Kansas, abortion access is protected by their state constitution, and it has been since a 2019 Kansas Supreme Court ruling. Now, every other year in August, Kansas holds a primary election. But this year the stakes were much, much higher. Because Kansas became the first state to vote on abortion protections since the fall of Roe versus Wade. Kansans, yep, that's the correct term for someone from Kansas, had to decide if they wanted to amend the state constitution and take away the right to abortions. If the amendment were to pass, abortion wouldn't be immediately banned, but it would have given Republicans the opportunity to impose huge restrictions in the future. I think we were all holding our breath, waiting to see what would happen. The power now truly was in the hands of the states, and that power was being put to the test. Abortion activists were facing some big hurdles. Kansas is pretty conservative. I mean, Trump won by 15 points in 2020. This election was happening in the middle of the summer, an unusual time to vote. And it was a primary, when a lot of Kansas Democrats just usually don't vote. Plus, the language surrounding the amendment was incredibly confusing. We'll get to that a little more later. On August 2nd, the results came in. Kansans had voted to keep abortion protections. Ah! Abortion access prevailed, thanks to grassroots organizers. Some of the loudest and most inspiring ones were from youth-centered groups. This is why we wanted to spend our final episode talking about Kansas. The outcome is amazing, but the young people who made it happen are just so inspiring. 
as someone who's from the South and, you know, from those states where people tell us it's a fait accompli to just let the worst happen because, quote, everybody is conservative, I feel redeemed and vindicated. As someone who's from Utah, (laughs) a similarly overlooked state where people just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, well, that's just how things are there. I feel also vindicated and really energized by what they managed to do. One of those organizers we talked to is Melissa Styler. She's an advocacy director for Loud Light Civic Action, a Kansas-based voting rights and government transparency organization. Melissa is from Kansas City, Missouri, and now lives in Topeka, Kansas. She's a lesbian, and she got started in organizing when she was in high school for a few reasons. Basically to make gay friends and meet girls. Times were hard. She was the only out queer girl at her school, but Melissa was also organizing for political reasons, of course. Abortion and reproductive freedoms are all tied up in that and in just who I am as a person. Melissa went on to work with Planned Parenthood and the ACLU in Kansas. And for the last few years, she's watched as abortion rights were actually included in the state's constitution. Looking at how we got here, in 2019, the Kansas Supreme Court found the right to bodily autonomy, including abortion, as a fundamental right within our constitution. I don't think any other court has found it to be not based on privacy, but as a natural God-given right that you control your own body. This meant that even when Roe versus Wade was struck down, abortion was a protected right in Kansas. But the stakes became so much more high because while SCOTUS has been chipping away at our rights for years, the outright overturning of Roe and Casey was just devastating. Just devastating. But it was also galvanizing and led to a supergroup of local activist organizations across Kansas coming together to promote something wholly positive and playful even. It was called Vote Nay. Nay! As in vote no, but also the sound a horse makes. Vote Nay is like if Dolly Parton and Megan Thee Stallion had a baby and it was a pro-abortion campaign. Vote Nay included nine different local grassroots organizations from across Kansas. They realized that if they joined forces, they'd reach more folks, and they were targeting a specific demographic of voters, young people. I mean, I don't need to tell you that this kind of country western and cowboy culture is really having a moment right now. We're like, oh man, we're Kansas. We can we can get some horses out here for sure. For sure we can get some horses around. If you look at Vote Nay's Instagram, it's infused with personality. Quotes on colorful cow print backgrounds, cartoon cervixes wearing cowboy hats, memes from the TV show Bob's Burgers and the video game Animal Crossing New Horizons, a pro-choice statement from the singer Phoebe Bridgers, and a video from the singer Janelle Monet encouraging Kansans to vote no. Originally, we thought it was going to be a pretty exclusively digital campaign where it was creating like shock and awe viral content, but it became really clear that we were just in this unique position to organize young people better than anyone else was. And so we moved our campaign offline and reached thousands of young people and moved hundreds of them into 
taking action with direct voter contact, whether that's canvassing, phone banking, text banking, relational organizing. Rather than creating one organization trying to relate to all of Kansas, each local organization involved with Vote Nay could use what tactics they knew worked for their people. One of those organizations was the New Frontiers Project, a community engagement project that seeks to educate, engage, and empower young folks from marginalized backgrounds in Southwest Kansas. Alejandro Rangel Lopez is the lead coordinator of New Frontiers Project. Southwest Kansas is heavily Hispanic. It's about, I would say, 60% Hispanic. And the three biggest communities in this region, uh, Garden City, Dodge City, and Liberal, um, are all minority-majority communities. So having said that, most of those uh, Latina folks are Catholics um, and very conservative Catholics at that. Like a lot of members of Gen Z, Alejandro got involved in politics after the 2016 election. In 2018, Alejandro met Melissa while working at the ACLU in Kansas. And in 2021, New Frontiers was established as a mutual aid community project for underserved communities in Southwest Kansas. When Alejandro first heard abortion would be on the primary ballot in August, they actually weren't sure if the issue would resonate with their community. I'm trying to build up a community organization. Abortion is a touchy subject. Is this even worth our time? Is this even worth, like, fighting? But Alejandro realized that things could be different, that he could lead a fight for reproductive rights in conservative, religious, rural southwestern Kansas, right after the Dobbs ruling came down. Everybody was rightfully so, like, distraught um, and upset and... To, like, what can we do about this? What is there to do when there's like this unelected body that says, oh, no, you don't have this right, by the way. It's up to your state to decide that. I s saw people from high school who I graduated with who were the most like anti-choice people in high school posting stuff like uh, about Roe being overturned and how that is a, like a bad thing. For Alejandro, one important part of canvassing in his community was learning that one standard script was not enough. So, all right, in English, the conversation would go, hi, my name is Alejandro. I'm with Kansas for Constitutional Freedom. I'm talking to folks around the neighborhood about the Constitutional Amendment on August 2nd. I'm voting no because I believe it should be everybody's personal choice what to do with their own body. Can I count on you to vote no? If you directly translate just that conversation to Spanish, like it works, but it doesn't work culturally. It just seems rude and it comes off as transactional and like not genuine. Alejandro was researching how he could better connect with Spanish-speaking voters. So he looked at the messaging used among activists in Latin America. What already works? Like, I'm not going to come up with a, like a whole slogan and stuff if there's something that already exists. Like, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. This is like a translation of like, I guess, the Spanish conversation or how the Spanish would, this conversation would go. Hi, my name is Alejandro. I'm with a group working to prevent like clandestine abortions in our state. On August 2nd, there's an amendment coming up that would totally prohibit abortion. What do you think? And then invite them into a conversation, which is a no-no for canvassing, kind of, because you don't want to stay there too long. But usually that you'd get a quicker answer than if you just use the other script. So in the lead up to the Kansas primary, organizers like Alejandro and Melissa were trying to solve for a few different issues. Galvanizing young voters, 
communicating effectively across different languages and cultures, and helping people navigate what the ballot was actually asking them. The language was intentionally confusing. Kansans were asked, did they want to amend the Constitution to say that the document does not grant the right to an abortion? A yes vote meant yes, abortion is not protected. A no vote meant abortion is legal and protected. And then, because this is just the world we live in now, Vote Nay had to tackle misinformation. The quote, value them both coalition, which supported the amendment, claimed the goal of the amendment was to maintain regulations on abortion. But Kansas already has some tough restrictions on abortion, including a 24-hour wait period, parental consent for minors, requiring ultrasounds, and a 22-week abortion limit, except in cases where the pregnant person's life is in danger. Anti-abortion activists falsely claimed that the Supreme Court ruling made any restrictions presumed unconstitutional. Without the amendment, they said abortion would be unregulated and dangerous. If you look at all of their commercials, they say that this was about protecting medical cleanliness and making sure that there could be medical regulation, even though we know that abortion is healthcare and is regulated just like any other medical procedure and that doctors who perform abortions are licensed and regulated just like doctors who don't perform abortions. They also exploited this confusion through text messages. They sent out the day before the election a text that said, if you vote yes, that is protecting a woman's right to choose. They lied over and over and over again. They lied. There was a lot stacked against this vote, and the anti-abortion activists knew it. But remember, they didn't win. We'll get into the creative ways Vote Nay got the attention of the people of Kansas right after this quick break. Our listeners know that the attack on abortion and other forms of reproductive care is devastating to so many people in so many ways. Sometimes it's hard to know what you can do to help. Trust me, I get it. But our sponsor, ActBlue, makes it easy to take action. ActBlue's online fundraising platform is seamless and secure, which is why they're trusted by millions of grassroots donors who are driving the change they want to see. At wondermedianetwork.com donate, you can give directly to reproductive justice groups and abortion funds in just a few clicks. So head to wondermedianetwork.com donate to find reproductive justice groups you can support today. That's wondermedianetwork.com slash donate. Vote Nay was up against a lot. Anti-abortion activists were texting voters to heighten the confusion around the referendum vote in Kansas. But Vote Nay fought back over and over again. And they had fun while doing it. How revolutionary is that? They held events that they called ponies to the polls all over the state. Attendees met up to dance, mingle, and that's right, pet some real life miniature horses. Down in Dodge City in Southern Kansas, Alejandro's organization, New Frontiers, held Cruise for Your Right to Choose. Kate, I don't know how you all did this in Oregon, but in a lot of small towns, when you don't have a lot to do, You drive around Main Street with no particular destination in mind. 
It's called cruising. We did have cruising and we only had one tiny, you can't even really call it a main street. <laughs> you look down the street and it's four blocks and that's it. At Cruise for Your Right to Choose, dozens of people drove their decked out cars to raise awareness for the amendment vote. I stood out um, in front of the main intersection on Wyatt Boulevard, which is our main, main drag, in a shark costume, like an inflatable shark costume and a cowboy hat, um, holding signs and blasting like Alien Superstar by Beyonce and dancing just to like get some attention and like, what is that? You know, I think it was like 95 degrees that day. All of this work Alejandro and their fellow organizers were doing is so important because young voters historically don't show up to the polls. 20% of 18 to 29 year olds voted in the 2014 midterm elections. 36% voted in 2018. But that low turnout isn't apathy. Young people experience inconsistent civic education. They face logistical barriers like lack of transportation to the polls or confusing absentee ballot requirements for out-of-state college students. And outreach often isn't effectively tailored to young people. But if you make an effort to speak directly to them, they will actually vote. It's because these issues directly affect us. We're of reproductive age. Like the people that are making these decisions for us usually for the most part not and that's unfair um we're gonna have to live with the decisions that are being made right now in our future we're gonna have to deal with the consequences it's not chill i don't fuck with it while our planet's on fire the rent is too damn high we're having to govern ourselves in an unchecked pandemic of multiple diseases and viruses and governments are trying to control our bodies, it's easy to feel hopeless politically. I feel like most of what I see in political organizing is using fear to motivate. You don't want this, so vote for this person. Or everything is terrible, this person's going to fix it. But the reality is that we get so fatigued by the doom by the doom scrolling that we need hope. I want to know what I can vote for to transform into a four because living in a dystopian novel is really tiring and it's really stressful. Exactly. And that's why Melissa said making the vote nay campaign fun was so important. Like imagine this great future we can all have and that's why you should vote. It's not just the cheerful attitude. It's the optimism. It's empowering. It's believing that something different is possible. And honestly, in the abortion advocacy space, this attitude is rare. <laughs> and, and that's in part understandable. We just suffered a cataclysmic loss that will impact us for generations to come. People have a right to be disappointed and angry. But I think there's a playfulness and a humor about this conversation and the way they approach this campaign that is very life-giving, that is connecting instead of despairing. And it's honestly the only way that we can sustain this movement. We cannot win without, you know, bringing young people to the table, but bringing young people to the table in a way that makes the future that we are promising irresistible, that's filled with joy and jokes and fun and isn't 
just doom and everything feels so doom right now. I mean, this is so depressing, right? But, you know, feeling disempowered comes from feeling like there is no hope and that you cannot make a difference no matter what you do. Why even try if it's not going to matter? And so the point of vote nay isn't to make jokes. It's because we have to, to empower young people to know that there is a future worth fighting for and everything isn't doom. And we don't need to be depressed because we can win if we join together with our strength in numbers. There's more of us. And whenever we take collective action, we will win and we won. They won. So on the day of the primary, lines at the polling places were long. Melissa spent the day handing out water bottles while people stood outside waiting for their turn to vote because it was over 100 degrees outside and people were standing outside in the sun for over an hour. And so just making sure that people could actually vote, regardless of how they voted, is what we did until, I don't know, 9 o'clock at night. And then folks went off to watch parties, but it was called by 9.30. Uh, We have a call in Kansas NBC News now projecting that in the referendum uh, to amend the state constitution to remove the right to abortion, no is going to win in Kansas tonight. So we have a big group chat and we're all just frantically texting each other like I can't believe that we did it. I also can't believe that we did it so easily. Like, I mean, it wasn't easy. It was a ton of work, but so so quickly that we we not just won, but we won so much. I mean, my partner and I both just like burst into tears and everybody, regardless of where they were at, because our entire team is all across the state. You know, we had our virtual huddle where we all just kind of cried and celebrated together from wherever we were across the state. Meanwhile, Alejandro was on call to answer any last minute questions or help with any issues at his local polling site. And he was prepping social media posts for New Frontiers. I made two posts. There was like a, we won. And then there's like a, oh, we lost. Here's what this means. So I was prepared. I'm an optimist. So I started working on the, we won one first. And by the time people were starting to call the election, I was like still working on it. Like, are you, are you kidding me? So I don't have to make the other one. I cried and then I laid down and I had the best night of sleep um, in a while. More voters showed up on August 2nd than in any primary in Kansas history. Over 540,000 voters cast ballots to defend abortion rights. 33,000 of those people weren't even registered before the Dobbs decision leaked. And Alejandro believes a big part of their success was listening to their communities. You saw Value Them Both, which was a big coordinated campaign, all of it was the same, same messaging, same image, imagery, all of that. And then you saw Vote No, which looked a little scraggly, kind of, it was like a, just like a broad coalition of folks who had different signs, different messaging. They like did what worked for their community, which is what we should all be doing. And that's why Value Them Both was unsuccessful, because they had the money, but did they have like the people, did they have like the passion behind it, or did they have anything that was community specific? It all was very generic. This is a really exciting victory. The decision to protect abortion won by nearly 20%. But Melissa stressed that it's just one battle in a long, contentious fight. And it doesn't just affect Kansas. 
I mean, we had people from Oklahoma and Texas and Missouri and Arkansas all messaging us, thanking us for the work that we did because we are the most accessible place for them. But still, that's not accessible. That's inexcusable. This is still a defensive victory whenever we need to be moving forward into bigger and better liberation. But the only way that that happens is with that providing people with a community and a political home to where they know that they're not alone and they know that they can make a difference. Come November, Kentucky, Vermont, and California will vote on whether their constitutions establish the right to an abortion. And Montana is voting on whether or not to provide personhood protections to infants born alive after attempted abortions. Kansas has, has given the rest of the country a little bit of hope to work with. I think the rest of the country kind of breathed a sigh of relief, like, oh, if Kansas did it, then we can do it. I believe in the, the power of like community across the country and, and for folks to like mobilize effectively on this. It's just about trusting them. There are so many what ifs right now. Abortion access can change in a state depending on who's in power, which means local organizations and coalitions like Vote Nay are so important, always and especially now. All right, voting is like the smallest step that you can take to work towards um, where we need to be. The young people are fed up with the status quo and what's happening right now. And the only way that we're gonna get through this is through like community building, through local action, and through doing stuff like this, like, you know, at the state and local level and organizing. As we were gearing up to do this season, I remember thinking, how are we gonna do this? The apocalypse is here. The thing we've been working to prevent for so long. I mean, we have actually been in this fight for a really long time. We cut our teeth doing this work and whew, to see it unraveled and then to think about the people who came before us who were watching it unravel. I mean, it is brutal. And to feel that kick in the teeth. This was a kick in the teeth. I felt it like reverberating in my body and then knowing it was coming for many months. And to push through with this podcast anyway, and to be in community with all the people who've been on this podcast, the people, the amazing team that produces this podcast, all of the people who make this work happen, but then the people who we interviewed and the work they're doing on the ground around the world to push forth on making sure that people get the care that they need. It's just really profound. And I feel really privileged and blessed to be a part of this because we are doing this in spite of really, 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 really dark and powerful forces. Yeah. And I, I like that we ended on Kansas because, you know, we wanted to end on an abortion rights victory in a red state motivated by young people and because it embodies our belief that all is not lost, that your hard work can make a difference, that we have a future and that future in some ways has been cracked wide open. We're at a low point now. <laughs> and and in some ways that provides an opportunity for us to dream bigger, to be more bold in our vision. You know, for so many years, even decades, we were playing catch up, playing catch up, playing defense work, 
trying to keep them from chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at abortion rights and access. And now that that rug has been pulled out from under us, we have to re-envision what the future is that we want. And people just keep talking about Roe, and I'm like, Roe is dead. Roe is gone. Forget about Roe. <laughs> Roe was flawed from the beginning, and that's not what we want. We want a future where abortion access is the norm, where it's available no matter what your zip code is, where it's affordable to everyone who needs it, and the most marginalized are able to get the care they need, and universal health care exists, and people of all incomes are supported. These are some of the kinds of things that we need to start talking about when we talk about the abortion fight, because... It's going to take generations to get back what we lost, so we might as well fight for what we want in the future, and, and we might as well dream big, and we might as well make that the most expansive idea possible. And the other reason I'm glad we ended on Kansas is it's talking about constitutional change and the way that what is in your constitution makes a difference whether or not you have abortion access. And to change that in Kansas, they had to change the Constitution. And as you and I know, and as we've talked about on this season many times before, the Equal Rights Amendment, adding that to the U.S. Constitution, the federal Constitution, will make a huge difference in protecting our rights, specifically the right to access abortion in the future. And so if we're going to go big, we might as well go all the way and we might as well change the entire document that made this really terrible system possible. I just think there's something about this moment of us all saying we deserve more. So I'm just I'm really riveted and feeling a lot more hope than I felt when we started this season because we've got us. And I, I think we also just want to thank everyone who's been listening and joining us on this journey, supporting the podcast, leaving a review, leaving us positive comments, sharing it with your friends. We really, really appreciate your support. And we know that all of you are also supporting funds and clinics and sharing information with everyone in your circles. And so thank you also for what you're doing. Ordinary Equality is a Wonder Media Network production. This episode was produced by Sarah Schleed. Our editor is Lindsay Crowdewill. Our executive producer is Jenny Kaplan. Big thanks to our sponsor, Act Blue. I know listeners of our podcast enjoy this content. And if you want to keep hearing more of it and want to support both Jimmy and I, please leave a review simple review why you like the show goes a really long way to spreading the word and it's free 